Taylor Walker from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GS Giants. That's Brad Avery from the Port Adelaide Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, it's MJ. Thanks for tuning in to another Coaches Panel podcast. I hope you've been enjoying all the pre-season episodes, whether it be the strategy, the structure, or the 50 most relevant. Thanks so much for being on the journey. Maybe you've been reading the articles uh, that have been landing through coachespanel.tv. Thanks for being on the journey with us in 2019. I've got a number of the members of the panel, plenty of stuff to talk about. i got Tim. Hello, mate. How are you? G'day. How's it going? No, very, very good, man. Jimmy, got you back in the studio. Nice to see you again. Hello, MJ. Hello, boys. Hello, listeners. And uh, Ridley United is here. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Hey, buddy. Uh, there's plenty of stuff I want to talk about, but really for this episode, I want to pivot away completely from salary caps. So there could still be some learnings for us, especially from a cash cow perspective, but a, a large portion of this podcast, I really want to focus on keeper leagues uh, and especially the new draftees and the new additional players that have been available to us thanks to some uh, fancy rulings from the AFL. Um, what I want to do uh, predominantly in this episode, and there are some other questions I want to get a burn man out of you a little bit later on of just generally speaking for fantasy, a surprise superstar that you might want to shout out for, but really I want to spend some time. I want to allocate you almost some virtual selections in the draft. And if we, let's go for the first 12 picks. So to make it benefit for people tuning in, we don't know people's waiver wires and who's been thrown back into the board of a redraft of a keeper league. You would not be picking the players we're about to suggest in a brand new startup keeper league. They do not go in the first 12 selections. Um, you're starting to look at, you know, I don't know, someone like a Tom Mitchell maybe. Uh, might be someone you're looking at in a selection through there. But I want to give you, you know what? I'll tell you the picks you've got just to give you like a 30 seconds head start. Jimmy, you're going to start us at pick one. Tim, you're going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick <laughs> Let me one put some be. thought into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, use the time now, oh, Carlton yeah. style, yeah. to think about your future selections yeah. and how you're going to screw up by trading one of them. Um, Tim, we're going to give you pick two. Rids, we're going to give you pick three. And then we're going to keep going through that format. So it won't be a snake draft. This is not for your specific sides. This is not anything. It's rather Jimmy with picks one, four, seven, and ten. Tim will give you two, five, eight, and 11. And Rids will give you three, six, nine, and 12 using only guys that have been recently drafted to clubs that would be available in everybody's existing keeper leagues. I want to know who you're picking and why you're picking them there. Once a player's off the board, they're off the board. It's not a, but I ranked them at third. I don't care. It's once the player's gone, they're gone. And this may help you. Maybe you've got your keeper league uh, draft uh, kicking off very, very soon. And uh, maybe you get some value early on. Maybe you won't. Jimmy, we'll go straight to you. Pick one. Who's going off the board for you? So can I trade this pick for a, a future pick and a <laughs> just just tell me his oh, name? Okay, Sam Walsh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going if you've got pick one, you're picking Sam Walsh. I don't think there's any real question mark about that at this point. Um, as Rid said in our, our podcast the other day, he's every chance he's going to be the the best young mid drafted since Josh Kelly. Yeah. Um, if you've got pick one, you pick him. Don't muck around with it. Yeah. All right. Was there any point where you seriously thought about having pick one in this virtual draft mm. that you're like, oh, maybe I do look at something? Was there any serious consideration for any? It was just if you have one, you pick Walsh, don't mess around. Yeah, absolutely there is. Um, and and if even if you're not a huge Walsh fan for whatever reason, um, maybe you hate Carlton, um, maybe you just <laughs> don't want him. 
you're still picking him with pick one anyway because his trade value is huge. Yeah. Um, and if you'd rather have any of the other kids we're about to go through in the next 11 picks, um, you trade Walsh and get that kid and something else back for And him. a fair bit of yeah, something comfortably. else. comfortably. So, yeah, you, you take Walsh with one. You don't muck around with it. All right, fair enough. Uh, that uh, moves us over to you, Tim, at pick two. Walsh is off the board for you. But who would you be picking if you had pick two and Sammy Walsh was off the board? All right, there's a couple of guys you could toss up here. It's not as clear-cut okay. as pick one. And uh, I've already seen you know a few different ways this can go and yeah. keep a redraft. But for me, I'd take Bailey Smith from Ooh, the Bulldogs. Okay. He's just... Uh, I mean, the Bulldogs have already said this week he, he seems like a seasoned player for them. Um, he doesn't come in and seem like a young kid. They're talking about he's just built well enough to play. And yeah, he's, he's a just, big boy. You know, he's the kind of guy who can rack up the stats, I mean, at least in the juniors. So, um, I I'd... had him at two as well, just quietly. Okay, so I'm keen about that. Not, I'm, I'm, Ridge Scott's selection three, so he's obviously going to just hold quietly on at the moment because, because he'll have a pick in a second. But was it because you're like, I want to build a side around a really big, strong midfielder. I, I want to make sure I get him. I don't think I'm going to get him in the next pick. Was that kind of the theory or just uh, after Walsh, I think Smith's the best mid and therefore that's who I want to lock in. From a fantasy point yeah. of view, um, yeah, that was basically where I went. I okay. just, he just seemed to me the best, second best mid pick in from fantasy point of view. Uh-huh. So, yeah. No, I, I, I think there's a, a really clear top bunch of couple that we're going to see some very similar names. I'm just I'm fascinated at, the, at uh, how these are going. Not obviously pick one. That's no surprise to me. Uh, Rids, that leaves you at, at pick three. Walsh is gone. Smith is gone. Who would you be selecting next off the board with your third so, selection? So if I have seen Smith go at two before the guy I'm going to pick, I would have weed my pants a little bit with excitement. Okay. <laughs> I'm going Isaac Rankin. Yes. Who is clearly the best forward in this draft from a fantasy perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and who I actually think is potentially the best player in the draft with a Walsh. Like, he's the most likely to challenge Walsh out of this draft. Yeah. What is it you like about Isaac Rankin? Because I know from a salary cap mindset, it's the thought process. He's, you know, got that really high scoring, um, not scoring, sorry, price market. So some are concerned. And we're not focusing on, on salary caps right now. But sometimes that logic can filter down into our minds as a keeper league coach where we go, oh, he's just so expensive in salary caps. Oh, it's not a great side at Gold Coast. How much time does he get midfield? Oh, what is it about Rankin you like that ranks him so high for you that really made it sound like he was your number two selection if you had it? He's clearly number two. Like, there's daylight between one and two, and there's there's more daylight between two and three. Okay. Okay. So I, and I'm not trying to be harsh on the Bailey Smiths or anything. No, no, reckon, no. It's a personal ranking. I reckon big-bodied midfielders are a dime a dozen. Sure. Radio, in every draft. And, you know, you've seen guys like Zach Merrick go in the 20s and stuff, you know. So, And, I mean, I just think it's a lottery after the, the best clear mid in that draft. Mm-hmm. So just with Rankin, though, I love owning guys with X Factor. Yeah. I just – I love watching – I love football, Radio, and I love watching football. And when I watch exciting players like a Rankin who can get 20 touches and kick five goals in a game, yeah. he's, he's just, how you doing to me? All right, fair enough. Okay, so there you go. Rids gets to uh, land who he has at number two in his personal ratings. He gets him at and number three. And I've got three. a bit of time now till my next pick so I can go change my pants. Yep. 
exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you missed the past three minutes and have just tuned in at the podcast at this point, you need to go back for your own benefit. That brings us back to you, Jimmy, at pick four. Walsh is gone. Smith is gone. Rankin is gone. Who goes off the board for you next in a keeper league? Okay. I think the, the next one, um, fairly comfortably for me at this point, is uh, Connor Rosé. Oh. Uh, Rosé, Rosé, uh, how we pronounce. Um, I'm a I'm a fan of this kid. He's just, um, like Ritz, I think he's got just a little bit of X factor about yeah. him. I wouldn't be too surprised if he ends up as a mid or as a forward or as a defender one day. I think he's got that um, that ability to to settle into any of those, depending on where they develop him at port. But uh, I like the kid, I'd, um, and that's as much personal preference as anything. Sure. He, he would sit at number four for me from there. Okay, and was that a, a, a real easy selection there? Are you, are you umming and ahhing, looking at two or three other names going, yeah, I like Rose, but there's two, yep. three other... Or, or was it... Once you knew Rankin was gone, Smith was gone, and obviously Walsh. Yeah. If you had pick four and they were off the board, you're like, yeah, here's where I'm going. So far, the the draft has gone as per my ranking. Sitting okay. Here, so that's um that's that's made that pretty straightforward. Okay. I think, for me. All right. Yeah. There you go. Tim, you you've got yourself pick five. Um, again, you're not choosing for the same side. It's not like you're going to land yourself Smith and. It's rather if you've got pick five, and this is the way the draft is playing out in a keeper league. Who would you be choosing to go for at pick five in this Keeper League redraft? Yeah, so if, I'm sure everyone's got different rankings, which yeah. is part of what this is about. Yeah, exactly. Me, That's the point. For me, I find it really hard to pick rankings once you get to the this five and beyond. Um, like, I'm not as confident in picking. It's a lot like, of a lottery it's a from bit, this point. Yeah, well, at least from my point of view, it's more of a lottery. I don't have the confidence in saying the guy who I'm picking at five is definitely going to be... A sure. guy who would end up as number five, whereas the first few guys you have the first three or four in. you feel really comfortable with. Yeah, okay. Like there's always a cutoff at some point each year in the rookie draft. I mean, depending on personal rankings, but uh, yeah, yeah. So there's two different ways you could go, and it depends if you want to go for a guy who has value early who you can then trade, or if you're looking for a guy who's just going to be the best guy for your team. Long to hang term. on term, long sure. term. And that depends on how many you keep. Do you have a rookie list? How much do you throw back into the pool next year? There's all those variables, sure. Yeah, because you look at like Davies Uniac last year. Yeah. Was really early pick, but his value now is much lower than 12 say, months a, ago. a Jack Higgins or a Jaden Stevenson. Sure. Who would have been picked later in keeper redrafts, sure. but are now currently worth more. Yeah. And who knows where they'll all end up. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, the guy I've gone with is... Uh, Jackson Haitley, the Ooh, giant, nice. big 192, I think, centimetre uh, midfielder, basically. Yeah, he seems to, you know, there's been comparisons that he plays like an Adam Tomlinson. It looks like he's playing throughout, across, you know, one of those early spots into that midfield unit. And they just seem to love him up there. And he's similar, not in terms of a type of player, but like Rosie, you know, who could end up defender one year, could end up forward another year, could end up midfielder another year. Haitley's probably similar to that too, where he's just such a versatile utility of a footballer that I could see Leon Cameron going, stuff it, we're going to spend six months with you, mate. You know, being a strong forward option. Nah, I need a big-bodied midfielder. Nah, I need to use your class and poise on the outside. So, yeah, I don't mind that pick. I'm, so, so far, this is how, if this is the draft, uh, how it played out, who you would pick at that spot. You'd pick Walsh at one. You'd pick... Smith at two, you'd pick Rankin at three, Rosie at four, and Haitley at five. Again, it's not your exact draft ranking boards. It's rather, if this was how the draft was unfolding, who you would pick at that point in time in the draft. 
Rids, you're up at pick six. You've changed your pants, hopefully, in this period of time. If you're at yep. pick six, who would you be picking at this point on? Now, I apologise about the background noise because I've got a helper with me. Oh, you've so, got your son's. Uh, you've got an assistant coach. I've got an assistant coach. He's um he's he's actually like um a talent scout for okay. me. So he's been out. Okay. I've actually got me personally would be going different type of guys here. Okay. Sure. So I've been looking through it, but because. I'm a bit confused about the rules, okay? So I picked the forward first. Does that mean I... Is he the same guy as I'm picking next? So if I pick another forward... You can pick whatever you like. Because, again, this isn't saying it's for your specific side. It's if you were had a first top 12 pick in a keeper redraft, and at this point on, which for you would be pick six, who would you choose to pick? I know there's so many variables thrown in there. It's what's on your team, who's available, all, all that kind of stuff. It's more trying to give people an understanding of how you're kind of ranking and considering choosing players at this point on. Okay, so he's just told me that he wants me to lock in the best defender in the draft. Ooh. That's what he said to me, so I'm just going to back him in here, and I'm going to put in Jordan Clark. Okay, nice. Yeah, that's not personally what I would do normally. But anyways, it's a Jordan Clark because my talent scout assures me this kid is something special. And he's shown a fair bit, not just on the JLT match over the weekend where he filled that Zach Tui role very, very nicely. But even in his under-18 seasons and the championships, you could see this guy just uses the ball really, really well by foot, makes some really great decisions both in the air and at the ground. And, geez, he's got some pace to burn too. Yep. And what he does, okay, is he's got a bit of poise. Yeah. He's got a bit of time about him. He's got some... I just... Yeah. Me personally, okay, I always think to myself, what I want to do is try and get the best of the line. Yep. So I'd be happy with a Rankin, and I'd be happy, like, at that point, and I'd be happy with a Clark at the moment. So I'm going to go a midfielder next, okay? Well, it's not your pick, but that's good for us to know. I'm just letting you know. All right. So. There you go. Lads, quickly... Plummets the the midfield ranks, so he's forced to go somewhere else. Okay, so therefore, halfway through this kind of very faulted logic, but interesting enough to hear your thoughts, draft of a new keeper league in terms of the redrafting of which kids you'd go after. Walsh, Smith, Rankin, Rosie, Haightley, and Clark. You've got your second last pick, Jimmy, at seven. They're off the board. Probably for someone at pick seven, it would be their first selection. You'd think so. Yep. What would you be doing if you were looking to one of these new kids on the block? Sure. I would. Um, I, I did have a couple of names here. And, and as Tim said, I think at this point, it's getting a little tricky to work out exactly which way you want to go. And it's a bit of a gamble, however it is. But yep. uh, at this point, I'm going for who I think is one of the, the best forwards in this draft. And that's Nick Blakey. Ooh. Oh, nice. He's uh, he's always going to be a Ford. You're never at risk of him losing that Ford status to, and, and becoming a mid-only, which is sometimes a bit of a risk with uh, your, your half-Ford flanking types, yep. um, which is nice. But, uh, yeah, just being a, a very tall but very agile uh, young player, I think um, he's got a lot of potential about him to to fill the, the fairly sizable shoes of Buddy up there one day. And uh, I, I really like the kid. All right. I like that pick. I like, and again, it's the kind of guy that he's, because he's a key position player, mm. you've got to have even more so of a longer term. It view. is a long term view. Yeah. You yeah. don't pick him expecting him to go at eighties or, or seventies and potentially not even sixties yeah. in his first year. Um, you're picking him as a project player to fill that gap. And, and on the premise that you've got uh, 
a deep enough uh, list to be able to hold him long enough to make yep. him worthwhile. No, fair enough too. Oh, all right, there you go. That's who you'd be taking at pick seven. Let's go to pick eight, Tim. It's going to be your second last selection for our little mock mini kind of faulted logic draft, but for the sake of somebody else. You've got pick eight. Who would you be considering to draft at this point on? Uh, look, a guy I just kind of like. I reckon he'll get a few different positions over his career, and that's North's guy, Taron Thomas. Ooh, okay. He's um, not necessarily a guy who's going to jump out and average huge straight away, especially at North currently. They seem to not have a huge amount of high-averaging uh, mm-hmm. players for fantasy, but they are a bit on the up. And they basically said Taron Thomas has basically played midfield, but he can play a bit forward. North's spoken about they could play him forward, they could play him back different years, different roles, depending on what they need. And he's a big guy and just looks like one of those guys who could become anything, really. Yeah, absolutely. Again, similar to pick that up, you mentioned at the last pick, you were kind of umming and about a couple of selections. If if you had pick eight in in a keeper league at this point on and you were picking a, a kid and not going off the pool, which, again, the premise of this draft is not to go there, how much are you umming and ahhing about another selection here or are you feeling like, okay, this late on in the... In that first ten selections, I feel confident enough that he's the right pick. Oh, there's a few other guys I'd happily pick. He's not like the clear guy at this point. Sure. It's as I said, it's all sort of washing together a little bit for me. But um, he, if given who's left, he's just the guy I go. All right, fair enough too. I don't mind that. Uh, interestingly, I wonder if that was Rid's uh, pick. We'll find out in a second, mate. But you've got pick nine in this uh, kind of keeper league virtual draft. Who would you be picking that would be left on the board at pick nine? Okay, so just give me a sec here because we're going to have to consult the uh, talent scout. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, he's talked me out of the mid because this guy should not be in the... He should not be there at number nine. There's actually two guys that should not be there at number nine. But this guy should not be there at number nine ever, and that's Max King. Max King, all right, interesting. Wow, wait, this guy could have gone number one in the draft if he didn't do his knee, and he still went at number four. Yep. They've likened Max King to Nick Rewalt. So if I can get someone even close to a Nick Rewalt with a pick nine, happy days. Oh, yes. And there is potential that he's going to be a ruck forward as well. That's true. Very, very true. Yeah, so he should not be on your list at number nine. Okay, oh, interesting, interesting. Um, this will be your last pick, lads, and then I'll, I'm keen to get your thoughts on uh, what you should or shouldn't be considering on uh, from this point on. So this is your last pick, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. For the sake of everybody still trying to play catch-up on where we are, um, off the board right now, Walsh, Bailey Smith, Isaac Rankin, Connor Rosie. Jackson Haitley, Jordan Clark, Nick Blakey, Taron Thomas, Max King would be the first nine selections, hypothetically, of just choosing the new kids on the block in a brand, in a keeper league draft. Again, not a brand new one, but a redraft, purely focusing on the kids. There's some questions I want to ask you all in a minute, but I want to get your last selections in. Jimmy, if you had picked 10 in a draft and these names were off the board and you're picking a kid, who would you go after? I would um, I would bend the rules that you've given me and sure. not pick a kid. Sure. I d- I d- it gets to this sort of point in the draft where when those clear-cut 
best kids are already taken off the board. Yep. Um, I don't like picking kids just for the sake of picking kids. Um, right. That's that that tends to be how I approach these sort of things in the keeper league. What I'd be looking at if I had a, a this sort of a pick is more going after the kid that from previous years that shouldn't still be on the board, but probably is somewhere. Um, kids like your your Hunter Clark, your yep, your Davies, your Caulfield Nappy, maybe um, Caulfield, yep. Um, Jack Graham, um, you know, those sort of players. Um, Scrimshaw, Miles will be in a lot of drafts as mm-hmm. well available. Um, Cunningham, that sort of player is the sort of player I'd much rather take here than going for another yeah. 18-year-old fresh into the system. But we're going to make you pick one. So what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> all right. If, um, all right, fine. Uh, uh, Kainal, that'll do. Huh? Um, Isaac, Kainal. Oh. That'll do. Yep. Him. Quain already. Yep, that's it. He's um he looks all right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Very he, eloquent. <laughs> Look, he, he looks fine. Yeah, he's fine. Look, he's um yeah he he does need um a, a little bit of injury to to Collingwood's twenty two to get into the sure. team, but he's got a bit of something about him. He could go okay, but um if I'm given the choice of picking him or LDU or Hunter Clark, I'm picking one of those. Yeah, you're two. taking the guy that I know has got that extra yeah. preseason of development. Exactly in him. right. You know, that, those sort of players are the ones where people are taking them with top 10 picks in the years gone mm-hmm. by um, and then inexplicitly drop them because they've run out of patience too early. Yes. Um, and if you can capitalize on that, um, you know, all power to you. Okay. Interesting enough. It's good to know. You really, you know, sold me that he's who you would really take a uh, pick 10 in a draft, but I, I understand what you're trying to say. And there's some questions, Mark, yeah. I want to have about it too in just a moment. Tim, pick 11 again, being forced to pick a kid. Um, in a keeper league, who would you be looking to consider at this point on? I'd probably just go for a, try and get a bit of value at this point. And it seems like Eli Smith from okay. the Lions is most likely to get decent games and maybe decent points early on this year. Yep. So, you know, see how he goes early and see if you can trade him for a bit of value uh, partway through the season if you need say, a better depth player or yeah, yeah. something, depending if you're in contention, or obviously, or uh, or going for kids. Yeah, nice. I like that one. And again, I'm not going to ask you because you've been torn on a couple of selections the past few rounds. So Eli Smith is, is who you'd be taking 11. Then, Rids, I guess, to wrap us up in our 12. And then I've got a, some questions for each of you about some strategies and structures that maybe is a little bit closer to what you would employ rather than what you're being forced to do today. Who would you be picking at 12, man? If you were picking a kid and these names were off the board, who would you be looking after? Firstly, I don't. I can't believe that Jack's still sitting there, Rodeo. That's just that's just me. Um, but I would be going Tracy Jones. Chase Jones. Why Chase, mate? Ah, this kid's special. So he's quick. He's whippy. He's an accumulator of the football. He's won plenty of. Um, he finds the ball plenty. But the thing is, he's also smart around goals. Mm. So he is likely to be a mid-forward average in 90 to 100 for the rest of his career, pretty much. Mm. And he will get games this year. Yes, he will. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so there you go. There's some names I want to get your thoughts about and then some strategies I'm I'm keen to get as well. But for the sake of the... Uh, for the illustration of the activity, it was Walsh, Smith, Rankin, Rosie, Haitley, Clark, Blakey. Then it was uh, Thomas. It was King of the Max Variety, Quainor, Eli Smith, and Chase Jones wrapping out the top 12 of the draft. There's some kids I'm going to get some thoughts from you on in a second, but 
Here's a question for all of you. At what point in a Keeper League redraft of the opening round selection, at what point do you abandon the initial kids selection and start picking the best available? So maybe, Jimmy, you kind of hesitated a little bit and alluded to that. Where in this draft field would you be going if you had pick five of you pivoting away? I know it depends on everyone's pool is what makes a, a... an unquantifiable variable. I get that. Mm-hmm. But for you, where's a general sense of, is it pick five? Is it seven? Is it 10? Where are you starting to look at more than just the draftees? Yeah, sure. Look, I think um, depth of the, the list is probably the biggest factor in this, in that if you're playing um, with uh, lists of 40 and keepers of 35, sure. then uh, you're probably using all five of your picks on a, a young kid. Yes. Uh, if you're playing in a, a, a list of 30 and you're only keeping 15, 18, 20 of those, then I've got, as I said before, no argument with doing that in the first top 10 picks if um, if there's someone of value who's going to be potentially as good as any of the kids you'd be picking this year. Um, I think those first four and then um, you know, either a, you know, yeah, the King and the um, the Blakey types are, yep. are probably a pretty comfortable top five or six from where I'm sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that point onwards, I'm quite happy looking at um, at the options around them. All right. Are you in a similar position too, Rids, in terms of the way you, you'd play it? Are you thinking once you're in that latter back half of draft picks, you'd start to consider the depth that's around? Or, or are you always, with a top 10 pick, are you big on get the best kid available? Oh, no, 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 no. I reckon there's about five or six kids in this draft worth picking and then the rest are just guesswork yeah right okay and, and they're the ones that you that kind of went in that top five or six um that well, you, you've spoken about again i don't want to like i don't want people thinking i i'm hating on kids and anything or anything like that no. because i'm not i love i love the kids i love i love that part of the year mm. but i'm looking for someone who's going to be in the top few over multiple years for yeah. their position rodeo i don't see that outside of Walsh in the midfield mm-hmm. at all. Uh, there's potential, yes. Well, like I meant, but there's potential for all of those kids, you know. Sure. You look at a Davis Uniaki last year, you know. I reckon this year he's going to be the player that everyone expected last year. Mm. Yes. Because he's had that one year in the system. So mm. if he's on the board, I'm going him over Bailey Smith every day of the week. Sure. Okay. On top of that, I'm also... I doubt there's going to be anyone stand out, you know, like Eli Smith, you know, um, the hyphen, um, mm-hmm. Jones. They're all such hit and miss type. Yeah. Hatley. Yeah. I don't even know. Coldwell's like, another guys... that we didn't mention before that will go top end for a lot of drafts. Too. Who is that, sorry? Caldwell? Yeah, yeah, Caldwell, yeah. Yeah, yeah Caldwell will go. Mm. I mean, there's even guys down the list, okay, like Jack Ross for Richmond, who may very well get early games. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, I mean, you just don't know anymore with these midfielders because they're a dime a dozen. Like, mm. one of the guys that came last year that went very late in the draft is a Tom North, mm. who plays, who got picked up by Fremantle. And I expect him to get games this year. And when he gets games, he's going to be like a Zach Merritt type, you know? Yeah. Because he knows how to win the ball. These guys don't clock the times and the stuff of all of these, you know, combines and everything else where they're not in that top elite status. Yeah. So, yeah, so for me, I reckon the top five or six is very, very clear. Like, you know, guys like Walsh, Rankin, Blakey, 
um, even King, who mm-hmm. are absolute standouts in their position. A Jordan Clark potentially has that. Yep. And then there's just daylight to the rest of them, and it's just absolute guesswork from there on. Yeah, well, there's some interesting guys there, Tim, that we've all kind of alluded to the fact that you are seeing go in inside that first 10 to 15 selections again. It depends on all the strategies that coaches go for, but guys like Caldwell, who we've alluded to, uh, didn't get mentioned um, it, just in, in that little piece of things. Stocker Stop. is another that I've been seeing going um, considerably early, even a, a Jack Lacocious, um, if people are kind of drafting off what they see take place in a real AFL sense, go, oh, I'll go and do that too. So we are seeing these names of players that are probably going to be very, very good footballers. Now, whether or not they're good fantasy players is is a different conversation. But it's an interesting thing, isn't it? It's kind of after those initial kind of top handful that are really clear, you may have a different, you know, someone you may have two, they've got ranked at five, someone you've got ranked at three has got ranked at four. So, But that top kind of five is really clear. Top six is really clear. And then after that, it's... It's as much as about personal preference, the team you go for, um, and what your squad's like. You could probably even throw a Riley Collier Dawkins into the mix of that as well, of guys you know are going to be good players. It's just, is it worth using one of your first two picks on for them? I guess that, I guess that's the case, isn't it, Tim? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And look, as we were saying, it, it also depends on individuals. Some yeah. people might just really want to pick the kid who their club drafted as well. Yeah, it's true. Rightly or wrongly. Yep. Yeah. And, and look, yeah, there's nothing so much wrong with that. There's a lot no. of joy to be had in owning one of your favourite young players, but um, which is half the point of a keeper league. But um, yeah, time and time again, as we, you know, going back even over the last couple of years, we've seen coaches use a, a top 10 picks on drafting a, a Clayton Oliver or a Patrick Cripps and then drop them to the waivers mid-season. Yeah. Um, geez, you'd hate to be one of those now, wouldn't you? That's, mm-hmm. um, and, and you'll look at that, it'll happen again this year. People will draft the... The, the Bailey Smith or the Jai Coldwell types. And yep. Halfway through this year, those kids haven't got a game or they've played two or three but averaged 40. And yep. and they'll drop them. They'll lose patience right away and, and they'll be available on the waivers or available in the redraft next year. Um, and, and they'll be well worth looking at in comparison to those um, you know, next year's drafting. So is it best to then, if you don't have this, again, yep. general rule of thumbs are dangerous. Is it best approach then outside of a top five pick? get the best talent on the board and hope you can pick up a kid later on in the draft. Cause, cause people do forget once the yeah. opening two rounds go, people forget about the kids in the pool. Yeah. Um, and so maybe you could go and get yourself a, a Taron Thomas or a Quain or I know they went early enough in ours, but maybe it is the Chase Jones or the Collier Dawkins or the McHenry's or the, you know, anyone I'm just picking yeah. draftees names at this point on rather than anything specific. Yep. Is that the best approach? Jimmy, you think if you don't have one of the clear best ones, yeah. go the, go the talent, and then maybe pick up a kid later? Yeah, I, I tend to think so. Again, as a very broad and general rule. Yes, it and, is. And notwithstanding the size of your list and the depth of the draft. But um, you know, if I'm if I'm sitting there with, with pick 7, 8, 9, 10, and, and uh, Hunter Clark is there, or Isaac Quainall's there. You're picking Hunter. I'm picking Hunter Clark every day of the week, um, comfortably. And, and so I'd really be looking at that sort of thing. Because as I said, you, if you really want some kids, you can go and get them later. Um, but I don't see anything wrong with filling your draft with those recycled types, um, trying to get some value and, and taking a punt that a couple of those are going to yeah. break out 
like the hype about them was the year or two earlier. Yeah, it's fair enough too. There you go. There are just a, a couple of the kids that the panel would look at talking about and trading and to bring into the side, but also some of their strategies about how you look at keeper leagues. Uh, nearly going to wrap up this podcast episode, but rather than just keep it entirely focused on keeper leagues uh, and new keeper leagues uh, draftees, I want to get very quickly from you, lads. Um, Give me a big preseason call. I don't need much justification about it. I'm curious to get a little bit, not too much. Give me a burn man, a guy that you think it, it could burn coaches pretty severely this year. And then who you think is going to be a surprising star. Again, not saying you're going to pick them, but you're just going to look, I think there's something here. They're going to surprise a lot of people. Tim, who's your burn man and who is your surprising star? Uh, burn man is Goldie. Oh, where are we? You need justification or we just leave it with oh, that? No, you, you, can, you can't just let... you got to give me something. Oh, he said don't say much. Look, I just think he's got a few question marks. So a lot of people are going, oh, he's the alternative if you don't want to start the two rucks. Mm-hmm. But he didn't play a single game with Proust last year. Yep. So not having Proust around doesn't change that. Sure. Which a lot of people are just automatically thinking. Um, secondly, he's playing with Tom Campbell yes. in the preseason at the moment and the coaches sort of suggested maybe we'll see if we can get them to work together yeah um so obviously if that happens you don't want him and even if it doesn't happen round one will it happen later mm. i don't know yep um anyway that's just my that, feeling on right. goldie that's, that's, your burn that's man. my call on that that's fine and the surprising star look it's not so much a um going to be a star of the competition or a hundred averaging guy but just just in the back line particularly in super coach mm. i'm just going to go with darcy moore in Ooh. that He's playing key defender now and taking most kickouts in the preseason. And Lyndon Dunn's injured mm-hmm. um, for the moment. Jeremy Howe's pretty much not had a preseason. So Darcy Moore could enter the season as almost rookie priced in Supercoach yeah. and getting, you know, spoils, kickouts, all that sort of stuff. Because yeah. he only played four games last year where he didn't get injured. And in Supercoach, he averaged about 70 in those and he had a, an 80 mm. and a 90 in there. Yeah. So. If he stays fit, um, I could just see him being quite a solid defender. I like it. Supercoach. I like it. Uh, what about for you, Rids? Who's your burn man and who's your surprising star? Okay, so my burn man is Cade Simpson. Ooh. Yes. Talk me I through that. Okay, so it's a matter of time now, isn't it, with his age? So surely there's going to be a point in the season, okay, where he's going to be sore or he's He's going to be looked at having a rest, you know, so they can play the kids and everything else. They've got a Newman back there now. They've got a couple of other guys, you know, floating around. I just don't, yeah, at that age, I just worry, you know, when there's a rebuild. Sure. Yeah, I, I had him on my list of options as well. He's um, watching him the other night um, at, at the ground. Um, I didn't recognize him at first without the long sleeves on. I don't know if that was his problem. He just wasn't accustomed to his... Uh, attire for the night but uh, he just didn't look quite himself and when he did take the kickouts he didn't have that same penetration to his kicking mm. that, um, that, that we've been accustomed to over the years as well so I've I've got definite concerns with him this year as, as Carlton they're trying to rebuild all right okay interesting enough uh, what about for you Rids uh, who's your surprising star then oh uh, well I, it's not really going to be a surprise it's just that no one wants I don't think anyone's got the kahunas to pick him except for me. Right. So it's Tim Taranto. I think this kid's got 105, 110 average written all over him. Yeah. I, and he's playing pure midfield. Yep. He's 
Shields gone. Whitfield's pushing up to a wing. I I just I don't know. It just everything screams out that this kid. They let go of Setterfield. They let go of a shield. Scully. There's a reason. You know what I mean? There's a reason for this. Like, hmm. I, I just think, yeah, this this guy's going to come out and absolutely smash it. Yeah, I do not disagree. Is that across all formats or one specifically? I don't particularly think he's going to smash it per se in Supercoach, but he could. Yep. I, I'm, again, Supercoach is a weird, weird monster, okay? When I think someone's doing well... They're not. And then when I look at someone else who I thought was playing similar, they're scoring a lot better. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't get it. Like, So he's a he's a clearance beast, okay, Taranto. He's good around goals. He's He knows how to rack them up. I've just, yeah, this kid, and he's a tackling machine. I just, oh, wow. And his third year. Ooh, wowee. All the signs are you might need to change your pants again. Uh, but no, all the signs are that he's going to be heading for a good year. Uh, to wrap up our podcast episode, Jimmy, who's your burn man and who's your surprising star? Okay. Uh, my burn man is someone I was pretty hot on early in the preseason. Mm. I've gone cooler and cooler the more I've looked at him. And Tom Lynch? Zach Merritt. Oh. Don't be silly. Tom, <sighs> Talk to me through Lynch. Zach Merritt. <laughs> um, look, I just... Watching, I know he's underdone, and he didn't look right the other night. Sure. Um, and there is still a few weeks for him to get that sorted. But uh, I just, yeah, I'm not convinced that he's going to have that same ceiling that he used to uh, well, going back he, a couple of years. Interestingly, and, I think in Dream Team, and that's where certainly he's relevant yeah. in all formats, but that's where the real... I think last year he only had five or six games over 120 anyway. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm not sold. And I think his value potentially at that price point... Yes. But, there's other options that I like more. So oh. he'll be the one I nominate there, um, along with the guy that we spoke about in some depth uh, uh, just recently in mm-hmm. Rory Laird. Um, I think... Well, you're going the double burn. I'm going to go the double burn. Good man. Um, I think he'll, um, he, he will probably still be a premium defender, but yeah. I think there's question marks on him and I'm not comfortable paying the price that he'll start at for the average I expect him to deliver. Oh, okay, so still very much like we spoke about in a previous podcast episode. You think yep. he's in the top few, but... You could probably get him cheaper. That's it. There's a good three, four, five, or six defenders I'd rather have than him nice. at that top level. All right. There's a couple yep. of double burns on the way out from Jimmy. Uh, who's uh, your surprising star man to wrap okay. us up? Okay. Well, I've not spoken enough about my Tigers oh, tonight here yet. Here we so, go. Um, but I want to. I want to talk just briefly about Jack Higgins. Um, I think you can't uh, help yourself, can you? <laughs> Look, he's. Um, Do you want to talk about Camden McIntosh? No, no, not okay. not really. Now, if if there was a barn door to be hit, Camden's not the first guy I'd be oh. calling. But uh, oh. the uh, no, Jack Higgins is uh, he, he's fairly reasonably priced uh, at about sixty odd, and yep. uh, he, I expect he'll be playing a lot more midfield this year than uh, he has before. But he's listed as a forward, so just quietly, I think he could be a, a nice little uh, bump in his average coming this way. I'm gonna have to start both markets. Like I think I'm gonna have to start putting like some kind of sound effect, and you know, like a, a just anytime you start talking about a tiger, just I don't know, like I've got to do something there. But you know, we'll work on that for a future <laughs> podcast. Hey man, appreciate your work today as we've talked through not just some keeper league options, but yeah. uh, some burn men and surprising stars uh, for salary cap coaches. No, no worries at all. Pleasure as always, uh, Tim. As always, to you, mate. Some very fine work and some nice drafting earlier on yep cheers and uh rids uh how many changes of pants has it been for this podcast uh just two mate just two just two okay so it's a normal podcast that's a good sign hey mate appreciate everything you've done this time around uh just one quick one yeah surprises um caniglio and brayshaw there you go bye-bye <clears throat> boom
nice little that's it <laughs> rids out hey thanks so much for uh, for tuning in if you are uh, loving the podcast and you haven't given it a five star rating or review yet you can certainly do that via Spotify and also iTunes and plenty of articles for you to check out over at coachespanel.tv 